0: radio is in cool we're just starting all right start us off
1: hello welcome to misfits Misfits and and tidbits Tidbits. are we supposed
0: to say that together every episode is that what we're doing
1: (laughs) i'm sure we'll fall off no matter what yeah it's fine
0: well welcome to misfits and tidbits um if you're new which you should be because this is one of the first or you could be going back i don't know future talking talking to the future Uh, We are Misfits and tidbits. We are a curiosity podcast where Junie will be telling me all about what they learned this week. And what did you learn this week, Junie?
1: This week I learned about Harry Houdini, who Who? I thought his name was Henry Houdini.
0: You thought his name was Henry Houdini? (laughs) Yeah. I would love to see your Google search if you actually searched searched Henry Houdini. That's hilarious. I love that.
1: So clearly, we needed to do this. Topic. I would love
0: if you did full research on some guy named Henry Houdini <laughs> for like half his life, and then you were like, "When does the magic start?" <laughs> and then you realized you were researching the wrong person.
1: Jokes on me! I didn't. I know. I knew so little that I didn't even know he, he was, was a magic a, guy. He
0: was such a good magician. He made his entire life disappear. <laughs> he doesn't exist anymore. So um, that's fun. So, Harry Houdini. Yes. The guy that got punched and he died.
1: Uh, kind of. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. yeah. I've heard. Um, yeah, so uh, basically I do a bunch of research on something that we want to know more about. Something that I wanted to know more about, which apparently Ethan knows more about me. I do know a little... Starting with the name.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Give or take, I know um, little to no information about the topics you usually choose. But this one I do know a, a decent amount. Um, I know how he died. That's about, That's about it. To
1: be clear, he did not get punched to death.
0: <laughs> no, he didn't get punched to death, not necessarily, but it, it was part of the causality of his, his death.
1: Okay, so um, I would like to start off this episode like every episode with a disclaimer that says if there's anything that I missed or anything that I got wrong, please feel free to send us an email at hello at mntpodcast.com. That's the one. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Um, And hopefully I didn't. I definitely got magic in this one. I know I didn't get cannibalism in the last one, but I know that magic (laughs) was his thing, so (laughs) we're good there. And I got the name right. His name is Harry Houdini.
0: Yes, it is.
1: Um, My sources this week were Wikipedia, Britannica, Biography.com, TheGreatHarryHoudini.com, BBVAOpenMind.com, and Gizmodo.
0: Gizmodo. I
1: did a lot of research for this boy, um, so let's just let's just crack into it. Okay. So I have all of my different sections here that are named very soliloquy. Soliloquy. So this one is called Houdini, <laughs> and his childhood. <laughs> is this
0: about who Houdini is? Yes. <laughs> who Houdini is? Okay.
1: Um, Houdini. Houdini. Uh, he was an American illusionist and stunt performer, noticed. Wow. Noted for his escape acts. So, the biggest thing that he was known for was from escaping from various things. Mm -hmm. He was born Eric Weiss on March 24th, not 19, 1874 in Budapest, Hungary. He was later known as Eric Weiss or Harry Weiss. uh, And the difference there is just the spelling. So, there's like the Hungarian spelling. And then they changed it to the German spelling when he moved to the States for some reason. Um, But... Mm -hmm. Uh, sorry, I got something in my eye. Okay. Um, he was one of seven Beauty. children, and he was born to Rabbi Mayer Samuel Weiss and his wife, Cecilia Steiner. Uh, Weiss, as in the father, arrived and... and uh, Wait, is he
0: an only child? Eric. Did you mention that? Did you just mention that?
1: I did just mention that. One of seven children.
0: <laughs> oh, I, I, you said it too fast. I didn't... <laughs> sorry. I didn't catch the seven. Yeah, no. Is he the youngest? Oldest? Middle?
1: Uh, he's n- middle in the middle first i don't know
0: <laughs> <laughs> you just know he's of seven
1: he's of seven i he is not the youngest
0: he's, know not, that. he's not the youngest okay <laughs>
1: yes um but he came to the united states with his father on july 3rd 1878 where uh oh actually sorry no he came with his whole family this is later on anyway um and they moved to appleton wisconsin the area that they moved in Wisconsin is now called Houdini Square.
0: The whole, just, is it a little just where the, the house was?
1: Basically, yeah, like the, the small area. In the square. Yes, per the se. square where was, they live. Some might say. Yes. Um, Houdini made a public debut on October 28th, 1883 as a nine-year-old trapeze artist. He called himself Eric, the Prince of the Air. And he was also a champion cross country runner as a child.
0: So. Oh, just like Sergio.
1: Exactly. Sprints. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, I, I'm gonna be honest. I did not. Un- I did not know that Hugenie was like his life was lived so long ago.
1: Yeah, I know. I
0: thought it was <laughs> in the. In the 19- like
1: mid nineteen 19- or like yeah. early nineteen hundreds, but like the
0: twentieth century. The twentieth century. Nineteen yeah. yeah, yes. hundreds. Yep. I thought he was in the twentieth century. Does he yeah. live into the twentieth century? He does. Okay. But
1: yeah, into the twenties.
0: Obviously very Yeah. Early.
1: Briefly. Yeah. Gotcha. He, yeah. We'll get there, but he died at fifty two, so yeah,
0: yeah but, he did. got <clears throat> yeah, punched to death at fifty two. Oh my god.
1: He did not <laughs> <laughs> Barton we'll no false information. We'll get
0: there, you'll understand. We'll get it.
1: Um, at 12 eric hopped on a freight car freight car and ran away from home a year later he returned to new york and continued to help support his family by working as a messenger necktie cutter and photography assistant so just a bunch of odd jobs to like Mm -hmm. continue to support his family um and nothing was known of his year away from his family he just, he just like went, went away for a year, um, which this timeline is a little bit weird. These are from two different articles that said at 12 years old, he did that. And then he went back to New York, but he didn't move to New York until he was 13. <laughs> so my next bullet point says when he was 13, Houdini moved with his father to New York City, taking on odd jobs and living in a boarding house before the rest of the family joined them.
0: So, okay. Sorry, that was
1: confusing. He did run away when he was 12 for a year. Got it. But he did not live in New York yet at that point. So when he came back, he went to New York with his father.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. Okay.
1: Um, And that's kind of his childhood. Like, that's, like, his coming to the States and his, like, starting to get into performing with the trapeze artist stuff.
0: And then he's an adult?
1: Uh yeah, and then he, he was, from
0: 13 to adult. No, he
1: went to 17. We went from like yeah. It's like Jesus. Exactly. Yeah. He is no. he was he was an infant in the pasture and then he was in 36. Is that what he did?
0: <laughs> 33, I think.
1: 33. I know. Uh, I know about that guy. I know. We'll have to do an episode on <laughs> Jesus Christ. We do have him on our list. <laughs> um
0: yeah. There's a lot missing in Well, I don't know if there's a lot missing, honestly. I'm not a In here? No. Oh. <laughs> not here. In Jesus. In Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I just know there's, like, the baby story, and then he's, like, then he's just, like, a fool. And then he's adult. in the desert
1: for 40 days.
0: Well, yeah. Yeah.
1: And then there's something, <laughs> like, there's, like, disciples and...
0: Yeah, those guys. Mm-hmm.
1: And then he was brutally murdered. Yeah. Um... <laughs> so the
0: story goes. Just like Houdini. He was punched to death. <laughs> he
1: was not punched to death. Um, cool. So... Uh, This next section is called Magic, Movies, Mystery, Houdini and His Happenings.
0: Ooh. Ooh. it's an intriguing title. It was
1: originally called Career.
0: (laughs) (laughs) To be honest, I would watch both of those movies.
1: Career. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I would watch the movie called Career.
1: Perfect. Um, So Houdini began his magic career in uh, 1891 at the age of 17, but had little success. He focused initially on traditional card tricks. He performed in Dime Museums, Sideshows, and the Circus. So just like little, just like any kind of show that he could get into in some like general trickery. Um, many professional magicians regarded Houdini as competent, but not skilled in sleight of hand art. So he was just he like, he's fine, but they were like, he's not great. Like he's not, Good, not great. Yeah. And this is probably like, this is not his niche. This is not his shtick. He's not, this is like, he's fine. But he's a kid, yeah. and this is not his. Thing.
0: So how old is he during during he's all this? Seventeen. Seventeen. Yeah. Cool.
1: And and prior to that, he'd been doing like other kind of performative things, but like small like odd ends things, like as a kid, just trying to provide for his family. Mm-hmm. Um, and he soon began experimenting with escape backs. So it was like he that was kind of his uh, gateway drug to into, <laughs> into his his bread and butter was his card bread tricks. and butter. Um, Yeah. In 1893, he married his fellow performer, Wilhelmina Beatrice Rahner, who would serve as Houdini's lifelong stage assistant under the name Beatrice Bess Houdini, and their act was known as the Houdini's. Yeah. So he originally performed with his brother in an act called the Brothers Houdini, and Beatrice was originally his brother's girlfriend. But then he just went in and swept her right off her feet and they were like, they were like in love for the rest of their lives. Like they, they really like, you know, they were, they were meant to be. It's cute as hell. Yeah. Which brother? Uh, begins with a D. <laughs> <laughs>
0: which, which of the seven?
1: Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. But, uh, yeah, it, it, we'll get into this later, but he said that the two great loves of his life were his mom and his wife. Very cute. Could be cute could be weird
0: could be weird depending, <laughs> depending on where the story goes
1: um i'll take
0: e- your word that it's cute at this point though.
1: yes yes okay we have no further evidence right now to, to, to drive it being weird it's cute as hell um in 1894 weiss launched uh his career as a professional magician and renamed himself harry houdini so uh from let I me mean, when I started until now, I was interchangeably calling them Weiss and Houdini, but his name is, I mean, it's the same person.
0: Yes.
1: Uh, and so from here on, I'll just call him Houdini because this is his rebranding. It, the name was derived from his childhood nickname, Airy, like Eric, but they called him Aerie, uh, and an homage to the great French magician, Jean-Eugène Robert Houdin, or Jean-Eugène Robert Houdin.
0: Thanks for the (laughs) Alternate pronunciation of all that
1: You're welcome And I got a picture of this fellow Sorry, you can turn that off
0: Silence your phone
1: Sorry This is jean -Jean Eugene robert Udon
0: Jean-Jean-Jean-Jean
1: Jean-Jean-Robert
0: Jean-Claude Van Damme Yeah The original
1: The, The OG Well He looks good. Yeah. So uh, Houdini's big break came in 1899 when he met manager Martin Beck in St. Paul, Minnesota. Martin Beck, you may ask, uh, was a vaudeville theater owner and manager and theatrical booking agent who founded the Orpheum Circuit, which is a chain of vaudeville and movie theaters and built the Palace and Martin Beck Theaters in New York City's Broadway Theater District. Wow.
0: I know Orpheums. Those are yeah. those are all over the place.
1: Yeah. So he. There's
0: one in the in the hit film the fish fish sex. Ah, fish, fish, oh,
1: sexy fish movie.
0: Sexy fish movie. Yeah. There. That's where she lives. The 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 woman who works who has sex with the fish. Yeah. Okay. She works there with with the guy who paints the jello. Yes. They, their, their sign outside their place is the Orpheum Theater. Got there's it. A, there's a neon sign out there. Got it. Everyone knows what we're talking about.
1: I'm genuinely not going to say the title, mostly because I don't know what the title of that movie is. Every single time I Sergio,
0: can't. what's the sexy fish movie? What the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> It's the movie where the the woman falls she, in love with the fish.
1: She works I in never the... I saw that movie, but I know what you're What's um, it called? Guillermo del Toro movie.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> edge of the Water. Uh, water, sea, sea, serpent, sex.
1: Fish loves eggs and sex.
0: Fish love eggs and sex? Yeah. Um, live, laugh, love.
1: <laughs> Egg, sex, and <in> automobiles.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there it is. I'm watching, um, I'm just on this room. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the Shape of Water. Shape, Shape of Water. Of water. <laughs> Sexy fish movie. Yeah. Yeah, there's, a, there's an Orpheum sign in there. I, I know that much. That's all, that's... <laughs> I digress.
1: Uh, Continue. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, so some of the, like, the, the uh, Palace and Martin Beck Theatres in New York City Broadway District is still there. So Sweet. But that was a cute little tidbit. Um, and then for anybody who is wondering, as I was wondering what the general, g- g- not general, what the, well, I guess, what just what the definition of vaudeville is... It is a type of entertainment popular chiefly in the United States in the early 20th century, featuring a mixture of specialty acts such as burlesque comedy and song and dance. So kind of just like a variety show. Sounds fun. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why we don't have those now. We're back in the 20s, man. Bring them back.
0: I think those exist.
1: Vaudeville? Yeah. I'm sure it's like super...
0: There's like... I'm, I am think there's like, you know, specialty shows that, that still do the, the thing, but... I think it's not
1: a, probably not today, today, but like
0: Well not like now during a pandemic, but I think yeah. those have existed in our in our lifetime that we could have gone to.
1: Well maybe. We'll maybe, have to take a field trip at some point someday. when when the world opens. Um so yeah, so he met his big break when he met Martin Beck. Um, Beck told Houdini to focus on escape acts because he knew that he had like a like an act for it, and within months he was performing in the top vaudeville theaters in the country. Sweet. Yeah.
0: Escaping stuff?
1: Escaping stuff. Um, In 1900, uh, Beck arranged for Houdini to to tour in Europe, and it was originally super unsuccessful. But Henry, Henry, god damn it! Henry? Henry? No! I just can't get it in my head that that's his name. Uh, Harry was then introduced to William Melville, who is a British...
0: Melville, that's, uh, Chucky Finster's, uh, Roly-Poly's name. <laughs> and he dies.
1: Oh. <laughs> it's well, a this... very sad
0: episode, It stuck with me forever.
1: This guy's a cop, so... I literally wrote, he's a British law enforcement officer, a cab LMAO. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, the Roly-Poly died, so, I um... mean. I'm sure this guy's dead to it at this point, so...
1: I would hope so. Otherwise, he's definitely the oldest person that's ever lived. Um,
0: vampire. Maybe he's a vampire. 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 Anyway, Melville. Anyway, What's so Melville's yeah. story?
1: Harry was introduced to Melville, who is a cop. Um, and he gave him a demonstration of an escape from handcuffs at Scotland Yard, which is... I've he- heard that a million, billion times. I don't mm-hmm. know what Scotland Yard is. Apparently, it's also like a board game. But what it is, is... The police headquarters for all 32 boroughs of London. Hmm. In case you were ever wondering.
0: I was wondering. I've heard that a lot and I've, yeah. I've always wondered, and then, like, yeah, well, there's more so, more interesting things going on in this TV show, so <laughs> I'm mean, just right. gonna fuck that.
1: At this uh, headquarters, though, uh, that's where Houdini gave in it, uh, like, What does it say? A demonstration of Escape from Handcuffs. And they were all like, oh my goodness. And it was so successful that he ended up booking for the next six months in Europe to tour Europe at $300 a week. Which I did the math. That is $9,302.64 a week today. Or $37,210 a month.
0: Wait, I thought you said $300 a week. A week. But then you said it was something a week, after that.
1: Yeah, it's three hundred dollars a week in nineteen hundred.
0: Oh, today! I was <laughs> yeah. oh, like, you just gave me two no. weekly. Yeah. Um, so how much okay. is it today?
1: A week, it is nine thousand three hundred and two dollars. It's pretty good. Yeah, or uh, thirty-seven thousand two hundred and ten dollars a month.
0: Oh, that's just slightly above minimum wage. <laughs> yeah. He was paid pretty well. <laughs>
1: Um, In 1904, Houdini returned to the U.S. and bought a house in Harlem, New York, which was hellaciously expensive. I didn't do the math on this, but it was $25,000 for that time. Yeah. And it was a brownstone in New York. Yeah. In uh, between 1900 and 1920, he performed all over Great Britain, becoming one of the world's highest paid entrepreneur. Nope. not Entrepreneurs. Entertainers.
0: Entertainers.
1: Entertainers. Uh, he toured the Netherlands, Germany, France, and Russia and became widely known as, quote, the Handcuff King. Unquote. <laughs> uh, it's
0: a pretty good name, I guess.
1: In each city, Houdini challenged local police to restrain him with shackles and lock him in their jails uh, so he could escape and, like, do demonstrations for them. And everybody was, like, wowed and oohed and odd, and it was great.
0: And he would just escape from jails? <laughs>
1: and in moscow he escaped from a siberian prison transport van and he said that if he hadn't had like been able to do that he would have had to travel 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 to siberia to get the uh only key that they had for the van but he ended up making it out i don't buy it i know it's wild i don't buy it so the good thing about Houdini is that he was like he liked his fame and everything, and, like, he liked his performance and, like, was good at what he did, but he also wasn't trying to, like, trick anybody, and he thought it was super fucked up when people would try and, be, like, convince people that they oh, were, Oh, yeah, like, wasn't
0: tricking. he a big, like, uh... I get he...
1: into that, yeah.
0: Okay, yeah, he, like, tried to out people who were...
1: Fake mediums.
0: Fake mediums. Or
1: who were mediums, but he didn't believe in any of that practice, so. but
0: Yeah, 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 he just tried yeah. to dis- <clears throat> disprove the people, um, taking advantage of other people. Mm-hmm.
1: And he even wrote books on, and I'll get to this, but he wrote books on like his own tricks and how he did them. He is not trying to like bamboozle anybody, he was genuinely just like this is a super cool like thing that I do for like, you know, like speculation but it's not anything that I'm trying to like... fool you for so yeah so in 1907 and throughout the 1910s he also performed successfully throughout the u.s so it's my assumption that he was traveling back and forth because it said between 1900 and 1920 he performed all over great britain and europe so he had to have kind of just been going all over um he was freeing himself from jails handcuffs chains ropes and straitjackets often while hanging from a rope in sight of street audiences so you just kind of do it out in the middle of forever, and just to do a bunch of performances, um, and then on January twenty fifth, nineteen o eight, he began escaping from a locked, water filled milk can. The possibility of failure and death thrilled his audiences. It's a milk can. I'm going to show you because I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> oh. Yeah, and I'll go into what that, wait, like, have, what wait, the actual are, are trick guess, is.
0: Oh yeah, you're gonna go into it. The
1: yeah, actual. it'll it'll be at the end. But, um, cause I'll tell you how he did it.
0: You have a water bottle in your neck? Yes. I don't know if the audio caught that, but that just... <laughs> um, okay. I'm interested to just, like, cause like, he can't, so he obviously would, can't fit in that.
1: Yeah, he can. So they would His fill it His whole body? Yeah, so he would get in, they would fill it with water, they would close it, and then lock it. They would put, um, like, hatches on each of, like, they would put the hatch, hmm, They would put this on and it hatched to close. And then they would put locks on each one of those things and he would get out. In three minutes. But. Anyway, you can see the image right here and he would put locks on the things that are on the the thing and then he would get out.
0: How are you gonna get out when the locks are outside and he's inside? I'll tell you. Oh, you're gonna tell me. hold (laughs) on. (laughs) Well, you can't bring that up and tell me you're gonna tell me later. No,
1: I can't. I'm going to tell you later. (laughs) So Houdini um, also began escaping, uh, oh, escape challenge performances where he would have the public create random contraptions from which he would escape. So he would just challenge people like, hey, make something that I can't escape from. So um, this included nailed packing crates, sometimes lowered into water, riveted boilers, wet sheets, mail bags, and even the belly of a whale that had washed ashore in Boston.
0: He escaped from the belly of a whale,
1: which I'm so confused by because that's the only mention that I heard of it. There's like, there's like another really big trick that he did where he uh, was in a theater and he made an elephant disappear. Yeah. And they didn't talk about the whale thing. I was like, that's a big deal.
0: How did he get? I'm
1: just imagining. It's like
0: just walk uh, into the mouth, like Moby Dick. Like,
1: well, it's dead, so.
0: Well, yeah,
1: yeah, probably. But I'm imagining it's like, is it but, Thrax? Is that his name in the beginning uh, yeah. of, of Guardians, Guardians 2, 2? And he's just like, ha, just... ha, 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 ha. Yeah. <laughs> maybe he just walks in and then just walks out. <laughs> yeah.
0: Ta-da. <laughs> or maybe yeah.
1: they cut it open, they put him inside, and then they sewed it shut. And they're like, come on.
0: I'm just picturing the Disneyland thing, the, the that one ride. What's that ride that goes into the, the mouth, the whale mouth? You know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about. Sergio knows what I'm talking about.
1: Yeah. Sorry, I didn't grow up here. I've only been, like, once.
0: Yeah. What, what, do you, what is that ride? It's the it's ride you go when, when everything else is too long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one.
1: The ride you go when everything is then the line for everything else is too long. Yeah, it's like
0: the, it's the fairy tale... I don't know what it's called either. I, I think I've been on it once, maybe. But I always walk by it because it's next to cooler things. But the whale mouth is right there on the, the path.
1: Yep. Okay. That's exactly what. Yeah, sorry, it, that's, that's what it was uh, inspired by. Actually, was this this super obscure reference to Houdini escaping the belly of a whale in Boston? That's why they made that ride at Disneyland.
0: I don't think that's true. <laughs> that can't be true. <laughs> I would like to you to fact check that one.
1: I can. I'll show you. I'll bring up the facts. Car facts. Hard facts. Um, unlike the Davenport brothers and others who claimed that they were assisted by spirits, like during all of their magic tricks and stuff, Houdini's advertisements showed him making escapes via dematerializing. Like just fucking poof ing. Um, just
0: Thanos snap him?
1: Yeah, yes, that's what happened. <laughs>
0: poof. Dematerialized.
1: Um,. Although Houdini himself never claimed to have supernatural powers. In fact, he, like, started denouncing anybody who would say that they had supernatural powers. Mm -hmm. Um, One article claimed, quote, he was able to escape because of both his uncanny strength and his equally uncanny ability to pick locks. Quotes. And then several other of the articles that I read shared the same sentiments, that he was just super strong and he knew how to fucking pick locks.
0: But this is why I'm, like, I'm excited to hear that whole milk barrel it's
1: thing. so not exciting and it's like well, pretty I'm, disappointing it's
0: gonna be disappointing but, but like the locks are outside of the thing that he's locked in like how is he gonna pick a lock that he? i'll
1: could... i'll give you a kicker he gets out without breaking any of the locks all of the locks are still intact when he gets out
0: this isn't adding up
1: <laughs> so uh i
0: hate that you put that at the end of a... <laughs> like i i need to know now
1: he also launched a movie career in 1901 uh, he starred in. This is also a French title, so I put the little, the things, the pronunciations at the end of each word. So, great. Uh you explore, célèbre, célèbre. That's what it is. Nope. Meilleur you explore, du célèbre.
0: Beautiful. Well said.
1: Uh, I couldn't have said it
0: any better myself.
1: That's one. Houdini, oh wait, no, that, and then at the end of it, it's Houdini Paris. That's one whole title. I'm Houdini. not going to say it again.
0: Wait, the whole thing with Houdini?
1: Yes, Houdini Paris of
0: Houdini end. Paris.
1: Houdini Paris. Houdini
0: Paris. <laughs> Houdini,
1: uh, which documented his okay. escapes. He also cool. starred in several subsequent films, including The Master Mystery, The Grim Game, and Terror Island.
0: I like those titles more.
1: Yeah, me too. This is actually really pretty when someone doesn't botch it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure.
1: (laughs) Um, But, yeah. And then in New York, he started his own production company called Houdini Picture Corporation and a film lab called the Film Development Corporation, but they both failed. (laughs) Um. Houdini also became fascinated with aviation. Uh, He purchased, purchased, excuse me, a French Voisin biplane for five thousand dollars, which is one hundred and forty-three thousand one hundred and seventeen dollars and fifty-eight cents today.
0: Damn, a baller move. Uh,
1: Yeah, this is it's it's a little bit. This whole part, like, the whole plane part is kind of sad because he set out to become the first person who controlled power flight over Australia in 1910. So in 1910, he set out to be the first person to fly a plane in Australia. Mm -hmm. um, And he tried a lot. And after a few failed attempts, he finally um, did fly over um, Australia. And everybody thought that he was the first person to do it. But he was likely beaten to the punch by... um, a captain, Colin DeFries, who made a short flight in December of 1909, just a few months before um, Zam. Yeah, before he did. So after touring Australia, uh, Houdini put the plane in storage in England and never flew again. Bummer. Yeah. And I think that this would be a good time for a short break.
0: Let's take a short break. Rolling. Rolling, 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 rolling. Welcome back. You say? That's limb biscuit right? Yeah, it that is limb biscuit. I don't know why I asked. I'm stupid. For a second, I thought it was... Never mind. I don't want to talk about it. It's The Undertaker's theme song when he came back and he um, slammed everybody to hell. Do you remember? Do you remember?
1: No,
0: I'm singing the whole thing. I don't want like to sing the whole song. Front back. Just, I don't know me. the whole song. Just, the song. The Roland song. The Roland song I was just singing right now. I just sang in the beginning of this. I don't remember. singing it. I don't want to sing it again. Making it weird. Stop making it weird. Um, we don't have to talk about wrestling.
1: I think we do. I got it in my
0: head, but I don't know. It's, it's, it's... the Undertaker was gone for so long, and then he, then he, then he came back. Like that song played, and then he came on his motorcycle and his new look, and then he just like beat the shit out of everyone. It was like one of the coolest moments in wrestling.
1: The point zero zero two percent of our listeners that actually watch wrestling are going to be so stoked. You don't know
0: that. You don't know that that's a percentage. That'd be like a, a percentage of a person because we have like zero listeners right now.
1: Yeah, I think only a percentage of Sergio actually watches wrestling. Sergio you knows
0: what I'm talking about. Do you know what I'm talking about? I don't watch wrestling. Oh, <laughs> damn it! Well, if you don't watch wrestling, then I'm talking to myself. Anyway. You know who the rock is. Shut yeah. up, dude.
1: John Cena. I've seen his movies.
0: <laughs> I like John Cena. He's a good. He's a good guy. Not necessarily his generation. We're not going to think about wrestling anymore. To... <laughs> Whatever. Rollin' by Limb is, is a very good song, and it reminded me of that moment in history, in wrestling history. Shut up. I'm done. Moving on. Houdini.
1: All right. So, welcome back. For real, this time. Uh, in 1909, Houdini became fascinated with aviation. I already read that. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. September 21st, 1912. (laughs) Houdini introduced the Chinese water torture cell. First, the magician's feet are locked in stocks. Next, he is suspended in midair from his ankles with a restraint brace. Finally, he is lowered into a glass tank overflowing with water, and the restraint is locked to the top of the cell, holding his breath for more than three minutes. He would go on performing this escape for the rest of his life. I will show you what that looks like. Wait. Okay. So, he's locked in stocks at the top by his ankles.
0: Mm-hmm. This
1: is filled with water. Yes. They'd go. It would come down, and they would completely submerge him in water. And, and this would lock would latch the, onto they that. They would
0: lock the basically yeah. the stocks to the top as yep. a as a seal. Yep. And he would get. Out.
1: This I also tell you how.
0: Okay.
1: I tell you, oh, I tell you handcuffs. This. The milk and the elephant disappearance. The milk. The milk. The milk. Leche. Leche. (laughs) Alright. So that's, yeah, that's kind of his career. It's like, he really took off with um, magic, mostly escapism, and he was into planes and movies. (laughs) Um, Cunt wheel. This next section is called Father of Magic and His Society of Sorcerers.
0: Well, that's a Mouthful. <laughs> Mouthful. Mouthful of milk.
1: Yuck. <laughs> um, in, 19, or in 1923, excuse me, Houdini excuse. became president of Martinka and Company, America's oldest magic company. Uh, the business is still in operation today. He also served as the president of the Society of American Magicians, a.k.a. Sam, from 1917 until his death in 1926. Quote, Houdini was magic's greatest visionary. He sought to create a large unified national network of professional and amateur magicians. I think that was taken from um, Wikipedia. Love the guy. Yeah. Um, And uh, he was, uh, you can buy the timeline that I just gave. He was voted in nine consecutive times to be the president of the Society of American Magicians, whereas no one had ever been voted in twice before him.
0: He's put has in nine times? Yeah. Fucking legend.
1: Yeah. And he, like, he just, he loved magic and he, all he wanted was to, like, continue to build the community of magicians and, like, protect them and, um, I love that. Yeah. So, wherever he traveled, he gave lengthy formal addresses to the local magic club. He made speeches and usually threw a banquet for the members at his own expense. Um, he basically said that apart they guy. were we, but together they create a powerful network where members could always feel welcome and they could safeguard against expo- exposers and other undesirables.
0: Love this guy.
1: Yeah, he's just like you, he like here, all you little magician babies. We're all important. Our work is important, and we should be like we should we should band together. Yeah. Just like that's the like we're we're proving that this is an important trade, and like there are a lot of us, you know. So.
0: Yeah, For
1: most of 1916, Houdini had been recruiting local magic clubs to join the Society of American Magicians. So the Sam, which was the president one, the one that he was president of, he persuaded groups in Buffalo, Detroit, Pittsburgh, and Kansas City to join... And then in places where no clubs existed, he rounded up individual magicians and introduced them to each other and urged them into the fold. So even in places where there weren't, like, already clubs that existed, he would find people... I did not know these things about him, and I
0: love him so much more. Yeah. I already loved him because magic is so fun. Yeah. Wish I was a professional magician.
1: Yeah, it... I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna rip a rug out from under your feet. He was not that impressive. Like, it was... It was mostly just, like... Well, once you
0: know it's not... But it's, like... It's not, that's not what's impressive. Like, yeah. knowing the trick is not the impressive part. Like, it doesn't have to be an amazing feat to pull off the trick. It has to be, like, the way, like, he did it, and he did it in such and a he way did that... did it,
1: clearly. That's what
0: I'm saying. Like, he doesn't have to be, like... He doesn't have to be able to do something that no one can do for it to be amazing. Like, yeah. magic is not about being able to do something that no one can do. It's about being able to fool people and, like, create this whole thing. And he did it, and did it in such a way that, like, made him the biggest and then used that platform to lift up everyone below him which is Mm -hmm. incredible so yeah I mean I will be disappointed knowing like the tricks are less impressive than they seem to be but like every trick is that's the whole point of learning like the thing behind a trick is like it's never as extravagant as you think it is but that's not what makes it great so um yeah good guy and and, yeah he just
1: really he really cared you know about the the magic community um So this next section is called medium, more like medium. No, <laughs> this is as good as I could get. <laughs> M-
0: medium. Dot. 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 No. no. <laughs> Got it.
1: Um, in his later years, Houdini campaigned against mind readers, mediums, and others who claimed supernatural powers. Um, he inspired and was followed by latter-day stage magicians including the amazing Randy, Dorothy Dietrich, and Penn and & Teller, and Dick Brooks. Houdini's training in magic allowed him to expose frauds who had successfully fooled many scientists and academics. So mediums who were like, really out there fucking putting in work to try and fool uh-huh. people, like even people who were like, you know, take no bullshit and they fooled them. Houdini yep. was just like, absolutely not, you're full of shit. Yeah. and he he put in a lot of effort at the end of his life to uh, defraud magician magicians not magicians <laughs> uh, mediums
0: mediums yeah I grew up watching Penn and Teller
1: nice yeah
0: they' they were funny
1: yeah they're on this American Life in the magic episode it's very cool
0: yeah I like them
1: um he was a remember I, I was a child yeah
0: they were yeah. good when I was a child I don't know anything else about them I'm now. sure they
1: hold up um, he was a member of a Scientific American committee, committee that offered a cash prize to any medium who could successfully demonstrate supernatural abilities, and no one ever claimed the prize because they could never do it successfully. Because they're full shit. <laughs> zing um this is a quote from bbva open mind it says quote there was not one houdini but two until 1922 he was the showman and every silent movie star in his last years he was the hunter of fake ghosts unquote they also said quote the greatest exploit of escapism of the most famous magician of all time was to rid many others of the deceptions of mediums and spiritualists unquote another
0: Um, you know noble feat that he accomplished
1: yeah and he's really like i don't think he was doing it to be um like mean or cruel to mediums but he just knew that they were full of shit and like yeah he he didn't want
0: people deceived he that's his whole thing like he did it but then told them how he did it like he did the magic thing and was like here's how i did it like I know you got the joy out of the illusion, but here's how it's actually exactly. done. I don't want you to think I'm an actual fucking sorcerer. Like,
1: right, exactly.
0: Uh, and then he didn't want other people to be deceived and like profited off of and exploited for...
1: Exactly, yes.
0: ...being naive or just wanting to believe in something. Like mm-hmm. Obviously, that's a very lucrative field to be in. People that want to believe in something or want the answers to everything. And then you just give them any answer and they're like, their money especially
1: because it's like such an intimate field like if you're going to a medium like they're they're diving into things that like to you are hyper personal and like that i mean for what you think like no one else knows about or whatever even though they're it's like like, a
0: therapist that gives you guarantees about the rest of your life yeah exactly you're telling your most personal yeah yeah but he's what he didn't want people to feel or he didn't want people to be suckered into anything mm-hmm.
1: exactly so his it was really out of the protection of that versus yeah. the not in like, a
0: malicious way yeah but in i mean a way... it kind
1: of became that because he did like he was just like you know like fuck you for doing that to people like that's a really like shitty thing to do yeah
0: well like malicious towards the people deceiving people which it's like yeah. i don't know if that's considered malicious i guess it's yeah. like if you're doing it to help the people on the other end is that like Oh, right, uh, yeah. It's like, yeah. that's...
1: And he was never like, fucking asshole. Like, he was never like, you know, like, how dare you? Like, there was one person that he really went in on, but it wasn't like he was mean to her. He would just like, he was like, cool, I'm going to see you through everything you do, and it's going to be a matter of fact. It's not going to be objective, or yeah. it's not going to be subjective in any way. It's just going to be like, nope, you're fooling people and you need to stop. That was it. Yeah. Um. But it was speculated that the death of his mother led Houdini towards spiritualism because his mother died of a stroke in 1913 and he admired his mother he called her his angel on earth the lighthouse who guided him and one of his two loves along with his wife bess um, the death devastated him and he was not the same again and he spent a lot of time uh, laying in the cemetery quote talking to the earth unquote Um, but that was speculation because it was also speculated that he began attending seances to speak with his mother, which led him to to discover the deception of mediums and to initiate his personal crusade against the fraud of mediums. But later that was pretty much disproven because, um... Houdini had attended seances as a child and he had suspected them of being cheats at a young age. So it wasn't really, it, it could have just but... been
0: a lifelong like thing that he, mm-hmm. it didn't have to be, but it... yeah.
1: he was definitely devastated by the that death also of could his have sparked, mother. But, but I mean, like...
0: yeah, that also could have sparked it if he mm-hmm. it, like re he revisited that because right. of the death of his mother. But
1: right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Because it's like, of course all of he would w- have wanted to do was like talk to her, but he knew that there was no way. And that there were people lying about there being a possibility of you yeah. being able to do that and stuff. So, yeah um yeah so um, what if he was
0: really searching for a way what if he was like defrauding people because he was looking for a real way to speak to his mom
1: totally possible so there's a little I think it's more of like a fuck you but then there's also a little bit of like a well let's just see if it's real or not yeah um coming up but so the birth of that second Houdini had a specific date and parents oh wow Arthur Conan Doyle and his wife Jean, which were both good friends of Houdini's, were the parents of this second Houdini, mm-hmm. this this um, medium defrauder, um, and the date was June seventeenth, nineteen
0: twenty-two. What age is he at this point?
1: What is seventy-four, which is twenty-six plus twenty-two, is forty-eight. that check out Mm -hmm.
0: yeah 48 yeah i can't math right now the beer hit too hard 22 plus 26 yep that's what you just did yeah you said it was 48 yeah it's 48 i'll take your word for it
1: 20 plus 20 40 2 plus 6 8 48
0: the math is there (laughs) checks out
1: uh arthur conan doyle and gene and houdini were all in atlantic city atlantic city um, Lady Doyle offered a practice session to contact Houdini's mom and ended up with 15 pages of automatic writing. Which, if you don't know what that is, is basically where a medium, I'm going to say pretends to channel, but like channels a spirit. And they just do like a stream of consciousness writing. And It's not them writing, it is a spirit writing through them. So it's called automatic writing because obviously they're not writing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so it ended up with 15 pages of automatic writing. Um, the mother of Houdini supposedly communicated with her son in perfect English and under the sign of the cross. Houdini was more than suspicious at this because his mother never knew how to write in English, and he was the wife or she was the wife of a rabbi, so she would never have done anything under the sign of the cross. So he was like, bullshit. <laughs> uh, and uh, Houdini ended up hiding his skepticism from Doyle because he didn't like, I don't know, like I don't know. his wife was a medium, and they were both spiritualists, so he yeah. just wanted to. Yeah. And they
0: were they were friends. He yeah. probably didn't want to just yeah. embarrass them and call them out immediately.
1: Yeah, and Doyle even believed Houdini to be a medium himself, and believed that he escaped um, all of his acts by dematerializing. He was like one of the people, if not like the sole like perpetuator of that mm-hmm. idea um so yeah finally after doyle spoke out about houdini being a believer houdini had to react so he chronicled his debunking exploits in his book a magician among the spirits which ruined his friendship with sir arthur conan doyle who as i stated before was a firm believer in spiritualism and who actually believed houdini to be a powerful spiritualist medium um and he said that he was using these abilities to block um, those of other mediums that he was debunking. He was using his own powers to block other mediums. So
0: he was clouding other Mm -hmm. mediums and then shutting them down Mm -hmm. because...
1: Yeah. Um, In the final years of his life, so 1925 and 1926, Houdini launched his own full evening show, which he billed as three shows in one, Magic, Escapes, and Fraud Mediums Exposed um houdini-
0: he's hitting all the, all the all the points there
1: he really is i'd watch it houdini and his wife agreed to conduct an experiment in spiritualism um like i said this was like that cool and well, then we'll just see if it's real or not like i'll i'll prove myself wrong sure yeah so um the first to die was to communicate with the survivor the um message quote rosabelle believe unquote uh so in any way like write it down in a piece of paper have somebody tell it to me like you know just give it to me in a dream or whatever it is like just however yeah. you can communicate Rosabel believe to me that was their thing um and at one point Bess said that she was told by somebody that they knew that message, but it was defrauded, or it was fraudulent, um, because, like, they, he had to have found out somehow or something like that, so it wasn't, like, debunked. Yeah, completely debunked. As
0: as Sir Baggins would say.
1: I Yes.
0: Debunked. There's gonna be a stamp right here, like, like on Ghost Adventures. Hope they don't sue us. Um,
1: yeah. But uh, Bess, so yeah, he died on Halloween, which was crazy. So Bess organized seances on Halloween night, the anniversary of the magician's death, in which uh, she urged mediums to guess the secret code. His widow declared the experiment a failure before her death in 1943. So she tried just like a ton to try and get Mm -hmm. the message relayed back to her. Um, and then in 1936, after one last success, one last unsuccessful séance on the roof of the Knickerbocker Hotel, she put out the candle that she had kept burning beside the photograph of Houdini since his death. Um, in 1943, Bess said that ten years is long enough to wait for any man, and she never got her message. Checks out. So this is this is Houdini's death, and the <laughs> the headline is Houdini Who Done It. <laughs> There are mixed reports as to the cause of Houdini's death.
0: <laughs> punched to death.
1: It is certain that he suffered from acute appendicitis.
0: You just had a uh, appendectomy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You just I had did. A, you just had appendicitis. <laughs> I
1: did just have appendicitis mere
0: days ago.
1: Like. Two, three days ago. Well, look,
0: look at you in, in full-fledged form doing a podcast. <laughs>
1: Trying my best. You got a hole
0: in your stomach.
1: I have three holes in my stomach.
0: It's too many holes.
1: <laughs> too many holes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you should only have one hole in your stomach.
1: Well, I guess if that, if we're talking the button, then I have four holes, but...
0: The butt?
1: The button.
0: The button. You said button. <laughs>
1: <wait>, butt. <laughs> I was like butt. Butt. It's not in
0: your belly. Your
1: tummy butt. Where's your butt? <laughs>
0: um, yeah, you had too many holes in your in your your belly yes. right now. It's um, true. Anyway. Anyway. He died from appendicitis.
1: Kind of, yes, but uh, it was speculated that he died from a McGill University student who was testing his will by punching him in the stomach with permission, or by poison from a band of angry spiritualists. Hmm. Excuse me, I have to burp.
0: Are you going to go into both of these theories? Because I got, I got well, things to say. The,
1: the punching one, not really, and the spiritualist one leads nowhere. So, um, after repeated, so no. <laughs> <laughs> after repeated blows, he suffered from severe abdominal pain. When he finally saw a doctor, he was found to have a fever of 102 degrees <laughs> and acute appendicitis. He was advised to have immediate surgery, but he ignored it and decided to go on with his show. Houdini arrived at the Garrick Theater in Detroit, Michigan on October 24th, 1926 for what would be his last performance. He had a fever of 104 degrees.
0: Can I say what I heard about the punch? Or is that coming up? Nope.
1: Yeah, go ahead. You're done with the punch punch theory?
0: Um, what I heard about it, which I don't know if it's true, I don't even remember where I heard it, but...
1: I'm going to say it's probably not true. (laughs)
0: Rude. Um... (laughs) I heard that it was on permission, Yeah. but this uh, student, um, like, got permission. It was, like, it was backstage while they were doing this whole thing, and I heard that he had punched him um, without, like, warning. Like, he gave him permission, like, I will give you a punch or whatever, and then he, like, kind of punched him off guard. So it wasn't, like, a... Not that it had anything to do with... He had a fucking appendicitis. Like, it had nothing to do with the punch. But... I heard that part of the story. Yeah. I don't remember where it was from. He
1: also, um, the Chinese water torture cell uh, had fractured his ankle like a few nights before uh-huh. that. So he was um, like couch ridden and the kid was like, he was sitting down in a couch, like on the couch yeah. while the kid was punching him. So he couldn't like properly like flex or anything to get yeah. himself prepared for like the punches. So Either way, the just punches getting, like,
0: didn't kill him. I know the punches you know. didn't kill him.
1: But yeah. Yeah.
0: But he was punched, and then he died, so I mean, explain that.
1: (laughs) I'm going to punch you, and you're going to die someday, so. Um, That's proof. (laughs) uh, He was reported to have passed out during the show, but was revived and continued. Afterwards, he was hospitalized at Detroit's Grace Hospital, where he ultimately died. The cause of death was definitively reported to be peritonitis. From a ruptured appendix on October thirty first, nineteen twenty six, at one twenty six PM at the age of fifty two in Detroit, Michigan. It's
0: because that kid punched it and it exploded. Sorry. How unprofessional.
1: Listen, I silence my phone.
0: You didn't silence your computer. You know. If it comes through again, I'm answering on your phone. Okay. We'll we'll take it on air. <laughs> Caller, yes, you are. F- <laughs> the first caller ever
1: and hopefully the last
0: and hopefully the last goodbye
1: um for anybody who was wondering because it did not say he died of appendicitis it said that he died of peritonitis uh peritonitis is inflammation of the peritoneum a silk-like membrane that lines your inner abdominal wall and covers the organs within your abdomen
0: But it was because of his ruptured appendix.
1: Yeah, so So, when I was getting my appendix out, what they told me is that you don't necessarily die from your appendix rupturing. Yeah, you don't have the
0: damage it causes. Right, because
1: basically what happens is it it explodes and then it leaks infection into your body. And then that's what happened here.
0: Yeah. I like it more if your appendix just exploded, like your whole body just exploded. And
1: then you're just like, Goodbye.
0: Well, I would prefer it not to be a little explosion. That'd be embarrassing.
1: You pop? Your whole body I pops? I'd like your, I would little... like your whole
0: body to pop.
1: No. I'd
0: like it to be like a grenade went off in your appendix.
1: I feel like there would be, the world would be a much more interesting place I mean, if your <laughs> organs just exploded I and mean, then with, your whole body exploded.
0: <laughs> with my paranoia, that's how drastic it feels if I think about appendicitis. like Thinking about it is so stressful.
1: It just hurts really bad. I know I know it's it's
0: less it's I know it's not as scary as it sounds or to how I make it sound in my head. I know it's not that scary, like but in my head it's as drastic as like if this explodes, my entire stomach is gonna blow up and I'm just dead on the spot. Which is not true. I know that's not true. No. But that's that's where my my head's at, okay? Okay. Just gotta put that out there. <sighs> anyway continue um,
1: in his final days he believed that he would recover but his last words before dying were reportedly quote i'm tired of fighting i don't want to fight anymore unquote the next Pretty section is called words. putting the fun in funeral <laughs> nice it wasn't actually that fun It was kind of boring but uh <laughs> <laughs>
0: the funeral was the boring funeral
1: it wasn't, like, a crazy, spectacular funeral. How
0: many funerals have you been to that are crazy and spectacular?
1: None, which is why I'm saying it wasn't that fun. Um, Houdini's funeral was held on November 4th, 1926. When did he die? Oh, October 31st. Okay, that's a few days later. Okay. Um, in New York. He was
0: buried years
1: later. <laughs> well, I was, like, months. I thought he had, for some reason, I was thinking September. Anyway. Um, and there were over 2,000 mourners in attendance.
0: Well, like That's a pretty good. Pretty fu- fun. That's a pretty good funeral.
1: Yeah, um, I've was... only been to
0: a few, but I've never seen two thousand people at a, at a funeral that I've attended. I've seen two thousand people at a funeral, but
1: I mean, Mexican families are pretty big. There were probably at least a thousand people at my grandma's funeral.
0: <laughs> That's <you're> not <laughs> wrong. That's, yeah,
1: huh.
0: I hope there's not a thousand people at my funeral.
1: And you're just like, I'm related to this many people?
0: I don't even, like, if, if you're related to me, don't go to my funeral. If I, <laughs> I need to know you personally for you to be there. I don't care if you're related to me.
1: Same. Um, but he was buried in MacPella Cemetery in Glendale, Queens, with the crest of the Society of American Magicians inscribed on his grave. Um, a bust of him was added in 1927, which was a rarity, as graven images were not allowed in Jewish cemeteries. In 1975, the bus was destroyed by vandals, and temp, temp- like, um, uh, sculptures were put in place until 2011, when the self-named Houdini Commandos built a permanent bus with the permission of Houdini's family and of the cemetery.
0: Fucking youths. God damn youths.
1: And this is what it looks like.
0: Oh, that's, it's beautiful. Yeah. Who's the, the crying person? Is she crying? Maybe Bess. Is that Bess?
1: Maybe because she's not buried by him oh yeah she was catholic and her family that said that she out. couldn't be buried in a jewish cemetery
0: that checks out
1: yeah it's
0: a solid looking uh little memorial thing though I yeah don't the whole setup looks good i want that you
1: can see it right here you want this
0: i want this whatever this whatever this is i want it i don't know who i want crying there no i don't i don't want you crying there that's sad
1: yeah it's gonna be surgery i don't know if
0: she's crying Maybe I'll have Sergio. (laughs) Sergio and Scooby. Because the the lack of symmetry in that whole thing is the only thing that bothers me. Because there's a person on one side and nothing on the other, which, like, I know, it's just the designer. Yeah, Sergio and Scooby were
1: definitely the same size.
0: Well, we'll have a bigger, a giant Scooby.
1: Oh, I would love a giant Scooby. Uh,
0: And this is Scooby. We're going to put Scooby in here, too. I don't know what picture, but there's going to be a picture of Scooby here.
1: It should just be the the video of him.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. We'll take a quick break and um, enjoy this video of Scooby. And we're back. What do... uh, Yeah, we're back. Where are we? Where are we? We
1: left off with me showing you that lovely picture of uh, the uh, Houdini.
0: We left off with Scooby. It's going to get there. Houdini. Houdini what? What was the picture of Houdini?
1: His grave. And then...
0: It was his grave, his great grave.
1: And then we, we progressed to our wonderful, beautiful son.
0: God rest his soul.
1: God rest his soul. Dog
0: rest his soul. Uh,
1: yes. So, uh, Houdini's widow, Bess, died of a heart attack on February 11th, 1943 at the age of 67 in Needles, California, while on a train en route from Los Angeles to New York City.
0: She died on a train?
1: Yeah. She had expressed a wish to be buried next to her husband, but instead was interred 35 miles due north at the Gate of Heaven Cemetery in Westchester County, New York, as her Catholic family refused to allow her to be buried in a Jewish cemetery.
0: That's just rude.
1: Yeah. So, I
0: get it, but it's rude.
1: This one is my roughest title of all, and it's our last one. Okay. How did who did it? How did he do it?
0: <laughs> How did what?
1: <laughs> no, not do. How that.
0: did who d- who done it? Yeah. How did who done it?
1: <laughs> yeah. That's who? basically what it said. You could have
0: said who done
1: it. I did. That was the last one. Houdini who done it? Cause he, must, he was. Houdini who done it? It was like suspected that it was foul play.
0: Got it. Got so, it. Cause it was the kid that punched him.
1: No, it was the spiritualist that poisoned him.
0: Mm-mm. So I actually
1: didn't put this in here, but I do think it's interesting. Um, his body was exhumed by his like great 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 nephew or something like that, mm-hmm. um, because they like expected his body to or expected foul play from spiritualists, but nothing came of it. So
0: yeah, I yeah. imagine it's hard after that many years to like actually. Get <laughs> to get any... a tox report. Yeah, a tox report. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, so yeah, so Houdini explained some of his tricks in his books written, uh, for the Magic Brotherhood. In Handcuffed Secrets, which was written in 1909, he revealed how many locks and handcuffs could be opened with properly applied force and others, uh, others with stru- shoestrings.
0: Shoestrings. My goodness. She sells shoestrings to Houdini.
1: To Houding.
0: To Houdini. To Houdini. To Houdini.
1: To Houdini. Two-shoes Houdini. Two
0: Houdini two-shoes. Two Houdini two-shoes. Two that's what they call him.
1: Uh, other times he carried concealed lockpicks or keys. Uh, when tied down in ropes or straight jackets, he gained wiggle room by enlarging his shoulders and chest and then moving his arms slightly away from his body <coughs> when he was being tied up. So he would make himself like much bigger when he was so being he tied up. So he would have up. more room when he and was... And then, yeah, whenever he was trying to get out, he would just be able to like wiggle out. Yeah, he was just smart.
0: He's got a big-ass brain.
1: Um, all right, so then the four, uh, like, no, one, two, three, four, five, five things that I have, four, handcuffs, water-filled milk can, underwater box, escape, disappearing elephant trick, and Chinese water torture escape. Those are the ones that I'm about to cover for you, and then we shall be done. Come room. Handcuffs. He studied locks and would conceal a key on him to open the cuffs. He later invented a belt made of flexible steel flexible um, that rotated on ball bearings with the flick of an elbow. Uh, the belt had several compartments with a variety of keys and picks to use. If there was a one of a kind key, what he would do is he would ask to use it just to try it once before the trick. And then he would have his assistant give back a fake key and keep the real one. Yeah.
0: What a sly devil.
1: And then in some cases he would just hit the cuffs against a hard surface. Can you hear me that?
0: I thought you were pointing at a hard surface. No. Charger. You're looking for the charger.
1: Um beep boop. Alright. So that's handcuffs. Not sexy. Water filled I mean mood. it's pretty
0: sexy to just like the it's very um I would say like James Bond. Yeah. Which is sexy. If you're Pierce Brosnan.
1: Except he just drinks his drinks like a bitch.
0: We're not gonna get into that.
1: <laughs> Shaken not stirred. More like Bitch drinks preferred. Thank you. So that was really good. <laughs> I
0: respect that. That was really good. But I mean he's on the job, but he has to keep a keep a you know, a good a good level head.
1: Sounds like an excuse. Um for the water-filled milk can, it was a three-foot-tall milk can. When um, enclosed, Houdini's head would be fully submerged in water, and then it was secured with six hasps with locks clasped on the eyelets so this is again what it looks like mm-hmm. there would be locks clasped on this the is primers. the one
0: i need answers for. yes
1: that you're putting an image here also <laughs>
0: no i know <laughs> okay. i know it's okay. there
1: <laughs> okay um, i'm gonna
0: be editing it so it might be on your face
1: <laughs> i'm gonna do this and it's gonna be right yeah here.
0: <laughs> it's a joke for me for me only
1: um so houdini would emerge wet and out of breath about three minutes after being submerged the locks on the um outside of the milk cans lid were still in place so the collar was not really riveted to the can um the simple construction of the milk can made it appear secure but the collar rivets were fake um, because the collar was tapered and greased anyone who examined the milk can could or yeah the milk can could not pull the collar off or even budget but anyone inside could easily just pull the collar up and uh or push the collar up and climb out without disturbing the locks
0: yeah that's not sexy you're yeah. right that's, that's that's
1: yeah that's what i was like it's just because the the contraptions are broken like that's really what it is yeah. it's like they're not even he's I not mean... secure at all
0: i'm just curious like if if you watch that happen and then you saw him just push the thing off like
1: he waits it's three minutes well i know he
0: waits like
1: so he, like, he, like, fusses with it for three minutes underwater, and then he pushes it off.
0: But then when you see it pushed off, you're like, that's not... He didn't do anything with the locks. It was, like, you don't question that when you when you see that?
1: Superhuman strength or something. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Regardless, like, you would question, like, okay, well, he didn't pick the six locks on the outside. He just pushed the top off. Yeah. Like, that's... I mean, I guess it's, like, my, everyone loves some good uh David Blaine yeah and he's just like most of his like big feats that all the televised ones were like or like the main television like, he did a lot of like you know street um, stuff street magic too but the big ones were just like feats of like strength or feats of like you know like doing being being able to withstand a lot more than other, than other like people. like chewing
1: glass he would just eat glass David Blaine not
0: well, that's, that's more of, like, a street trick. I'm, I'm talking about, like, the big, like, the big events where he was, like, in ice for, like, whatever amount of hours it was. He yeah. was, like, sitting in ice or, like, suspended above for this amount of time and then dropped, like, he or he stood. He was standing uh, that one trick. I remember he was, like, standing on this thing, like, balancing for, like, however amount of, like, hours or days or whatever it was. And then when he was done, he, like, just fell off into, like, the uh, thing below. But, like... Those things are just like feats, like physical feats of strength. Like it's mm-hmm. not like an actual. Which I guess is so what he was doing. Technically, he was holding his breath for a longer period of time than people thought. Like people could hold their breath, and then he was just simply coming out of this contraption.
1: Yeah. Whereas people thought he was in danger the whole time, and he really wasn't. Magic. Which is also, what, like, it like intrigues people. It's like, yeah,
0: oh. it's intriguing. I mean, yeah, that's that's all. It, all it is, and and he obviously wrote about it because he didn't want people to think he was, you know.
1: Ass bitch, well,
0: no, no, I mean, they didn't think he he didn't want people to think he was a defrauder, so he didn't want people to think he, he was. They want like, to
1: think that he was fraudulent,
0: well, not that he's just like oh, he He man. didn't want to seem like a he's like, I'm not superhuman, I'm not yeah, a magician, yeah, yeah. He's like, I this is how I did it, but yeah, yeah. Um, magic tricks are never exciting when yeah. you hear them in the end, how they actually work.
1: So, this one's also like, so then there's this. Uh, I will have to find a picture that you can put here. Um, but underwater box escape. So he was handcuffed in a wooden crate that was then nailed shut on each side, uh, trussed and chained shut, and then submerged in water. 150 seconds later, he would appear a distance away. So it would be underwater, and then he would like swim out and then appear a distance away. So it wasn't like he like poofed out, which was what I thought when I originally oh. read this.
0: But I love it if he poofed out. <laughs>
1: Um, but, um, so the trick to this one was that the bottom board was not actually nailed shut. It was on a hinge. And when the crate was being nailed shut, he would remove the cuffs because he, I we already went over handcuffs and then he would wait for the crate to be submerged. He would push the bottom out and swim out. (laughs) That was it. (laughs) Let me, let me try and find
0: Easy does it. You're going to show me the, uh, underwater crate?
1: Yeah. No. In this boy
0: that is a crate
1: yep and that's it it would just be it goes underwater submerged in water um cool uh let me
0: I'm gonna put that one over your face for sure because you didn't have it ready grab this that's cool. your that's your penalty
1: perfect all right uh so the disappearing elephant trick which i will go over what it was just insane it was one of his most notorious tricks Um, And I'm just gonna read what I got from the internet to say what happened here because I couldn't necessarily put it together in my brain Because I was on I was on post surgery brain, so Um, Disappearing elephant trick it was performed only once on January 17th 1918 in New York's Hippodrome theater Which was the largest stage in the world. It is no longer standing The vanishing elephant was Houdini's most famous illusion. It was rivaled only by the Chinese water torture cell Um, Houdini led an elephant into a large cabinet, and then it disappeared, as did the solution to Houdini's trick, is what the article said. (laughs) Um, The elephant cabinet was oblong, on wheels, and had double doors on one end and a huge curtain on the other. So, I think I just figured it out in my brain. So, yeah, so it was just a... You just
0: figured it out just now?
1: Yeah. Yes, I just solved... (laughs) But it was just like a giant rectangular box. Yes. Double doors on one side, a curtain on the back. Yes. So, um, the double doors, or the double doors in the back actually, had a circular opening in the middle, providing limited illumination inside the cabinet. After the elephant and its trainer entered the cabinet, the curtain was drawn, and several assistants slowly turned the cabinet around. Meanwhile, the trainer moved the elephant to the back side of the cabinet, and the black curtain was pulled over them both. When Houdini pulled open the front curtain, he had the cabinet turned again so that no one in the audience could see the interior for an extended amount of time. And all I could see was a circular light from the back and darkened interior, the elephant apparently gone. So that's it.
0: So he made an elephant disappear.
1: Yeah, basically. But also after this happened, the reason why it said that the trick disip- or like uh, as did the solution to Houdini's trick because the, um, the cabinet disappeared after this trick happened. It was gone. Like, they just, like, I guess it got uh, destroyed, hidden, whatever. But, yeah.
0: Maybe it just disappeared with the elephant.
1: Maybe. After that, it just went poof.
0: Where is where is this elephant? What where is, the is elephant it? Where is this cabinet? I need to know. I'm I sure he didn't forget. The elephant?
1: Yeah.
0: Well, yeah, elephants don't forget anything.
1: That was the joke.
0: Not even a mouse. <laughs> Get it? Because they're scared of mice. Yes. So the story goes.
1: So it goes.
0: So it goes. That's a. Uh, you get it.
1: I get it. Chinese water torture escape. The great magician had the cell custom made for $10,000 and patented it. He did what? Patented it. Mm hmm. Put his. So yeah, so he would put his feet in ma- mahogany stocks and then pulleys lifted him into the air upside down. He was lowered into the tank head first. The stocks then acted as a lid with four hasps that were padlocked to the tank. Drapes were then pulled across the tank, and an assistant remained nearby with an axe ready to break the glass if anything went wrong.
0: Mm-hmm. I did know that.
1: So this one is its a little bit more involved. It's not just like Yeah. whatever. But okay, so... I did um, learn
0: about this trick. I don't remember everything completely because I remember nothing. Nothing retains in my memory. True. But...
1: When Houdini was immersed into the tank... Excuse me. Some of the cell's uh, water flooded over the top edge and out of the tank, allowing for a small pocket of air between the water surface and the stalks. So like right at his feet, basically, there was a little pocket of air. Mm -hmm. Um, The mahogany boards that formed the two sides of the ankle stalks were separated slightly when the hasps were locked. Um, so once the curtain was drawn, Houdini used the sides of the tank to push his feet upward and twisted them sideways and then pulled his feet through the enlarged holes in the stalks. Then he drew his feet to his chest, flipped, took a breath in the air pocket, um, and then the two stock boards were also hinged open and Houdini climbed out. He closed the stock boards and presented himself to the audience. But again, because that first part of the trick took like 30 seconds, you could just fucking... Take his feet out and go up. He would just sit in there for a couple of minutes and just breathe at the, at the little pocket of air that he had at the top, what and then a guy. he would wait until he, it was like impressive enough to yeah. push himself out. And that, my dear gents, is our sweet dear Harry Houdini.
0: Henry Houdini.
1: Henry Houdini.
0: Good old, good old he and Ray Houdini. Yeah. Well,
1: Henry Houdini.
0: Glad I got the full story of how he was punched to death and all of his the the story behind his tricks. I did not know anything behind his tricks. I didn't Yeah. I love I love watching Magic so much. I don't think I ever even cared yeah. how he did his tricks. I was just like Yeah. You know. I
1: agree. I'm like very fascinated by Magic. I don't ever want to know because yeah. like
0: it's just fun. Yeah. It's just exactly. fun to,
1: to... I'm fine with like suspending disbelief. Suspending yeah, suspending disbelief. Belief? Yes. Whatever it is.
0: Sus- Whatever it is, we get it.
1: But yeah, because it's just I don't know, just fun for your brain.
0: Suspending Houdini. Suspend disbelief. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You get it. Um cool. He's dead. RIP.
1: Very long dead, but almost coming up on 100 years, 2026.
0: Dead for 100 years? Jesus.
1: Yeah.
0: I don't know why I thought he was uh, I mean, I guess cause he's still a household name. He Everybody is. knows
1: He's kind of a handsome devil. His head was weird-shaped, but... Hmm. Mm, not that one. Which one did... Nope, not even that one. Which one did I just look yeah, at? Yeah, This was... guy. This guy.
0: It's a good look. It's
1: a good look. Smoldering.
0: Sm- I don't know if it's... I don't, I don't know what that is. I don't like it. He doesn't have a great look to his face. No, um. his face is... His face looks... It's just these uh, These photos are strange.
1: I think it's his hair. His hair is
0: it's weird. It's the hair. I don't know. It's also the time. You this know. is also a good photo. That's a great photo. Yeah. i She's wanna definitely rec- into I want to re- recreate that photo. You should. I got to cut my hair, though. All right. I'll put both of these in. That's not happening. Oh, wait. Not
1: that. That's not what I meant. Copy. Uh, image retry. We'll just do that one. All right. And that's all we have for you this week. Cool. As always, if I got anything wrong or if there's anything that I missed, please feel free to email us at hello at mntpodcast.com. And it was lovely talking at you for the last couple of minutes. And we will see you next week.
0: Last couple of minutes. You know we've been talking longer than that, right?
1: Couple hundred minutes. minutes. <laughs>
0: um also a you can um oh, yeah. you can follow us on social media at
1: misfits and tidbits
0: misfits and tidbits that's that's an n not an and don't don't do an and cause that's not us uh, misfits and tidbits on twitter and instagram correct correct, correct. um is there anything else is, you can there's there's no there's a uh,
1: you can find us on Spotify and YouTube, which I'm sure you already yes, have. Yes, if, if
0: you're listening to us on Spotify, we also do videos where you can also see all the images we talk about, um, and I'll put them over Junie's face, so um, you can see them there on YouTube, so search for Misfits and Tidbits on YouTube, um, and if the opposite, if you just want to listen to us while you're driving around or doing things, jogging, walking... What else? Riding like, a bike. Riding a bike.
1: Don't oh, you, should. you probably shouldn't listen to stuff while you ride your bike.
0: Skateboarding. Rollerblading. Scootering. Uh,
1: walking but with a dog next to you.
0: Avoiding confrontation. Put your headphones in. On listen, an airplane. Listen plane plane to Plane train Auto- or automobiles. Plane trains and automobiles. Plane, planes, trains and... Anyway. Boating. Spotify. 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 F- f- Spotify is where you can do that. <laughs> um... And that's all the places you can find us. You can't find us anywhere else.
1: Not yet. We're coming y- you for you. You can try
0: What? What? Huh?
1: Me.